This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com slash ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com slash ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal, but I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. This is the iFanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 453, brought to you by iFanboy listeners just like you. Stuck in the shade where there's no sun to shine. Hello, welcome to our Fanboy Pick of the Week podcast, episode 453. My name is Connor Kilpatrick, and joining me are panels.net's Paul Montgomery. Hello. And Josh Flanagan. 
Oh, I don't even have a thing. You don't have, I don't was, even have a thing. There was a slightly longer and signified disappointment, and then Josh Flanagan. <laughs> <laughs> we are a fanboy. We like comics. Every week we read a bunch of comics. One of us picks their favorite one or the best one. We call that the pick of the week. We talk about that, that book as well as other books of the week on this here show. All kinds of fun stuff happens. Sometimes we talk about... Back when it was Tom Caters, it was funny, and now it's just threatening. Now it's... <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're back? Before we get to the show, other guy's so positive. Quick reminder and a warning: it's a review show, so we'll be talking about things that happened in the books this week. So if you're worried about spoilers, pause the show and come back. Until then, Paul. I just want to say I'm 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 happy for for Tom and uh, and Neesman off in the Gray Havens, enjoying themselves. Not that not (laughs) in retirement. Not that I wouldn't want. I I, it's too early for me for retirement. I've got a whole listen, buddy. Listen. How many, how long, a year, a year, a little, a year and a month, a year and six months? What? How long have you been doing this show? How long have I been, oh, how long have I been doing this show? Longer than that. I don't know. It's almost it was, two years. Almost. Yeah, we'll see. This, it would have been January of last year. Yeah. Talk about, talk to us when it's at nine. Yeah, okay. but you did, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you did those occasional ones. You, you, you did your little, your little show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, is it, a, is it a show if it doesn't have a regular format? Just let's talk about whatever, whenever. It's fine. <laughs> no rules. No rules. Let's talk about the pick. Okay. Yes. Did you record your show in the 60s? <laughs> just, no rules. Let's just do no rules. Do what we want. You talk just, hard. You just, buy like, you just buy like two big big boxes of reel-to-reel <laughs> tape and then figure out how to transfer <laughs> that to digital. That's what well, the that's why I smoke, so can't figure out why no one's smoking. Why is it like this in here? Shut up. What was the pick? What was the pick? It was Wild's End, number one, from ever-popular Boom Studios. And I Yeah, and this is a this is a number one. People go, oh, it's a number one again? I love number ones. We love number ones here at iFanboy. You know, you know what why? else? Well, why? Why? Well, because we read a, sh- a lot of comics. Mm-hmm. And some t- and it's very... Uh, uh, I don't know why I censored myself. <laughs> I was like, like, why did you do that? I'll I'd, I'd be keeping this one classy. Thank you very much. We read a lot of comics, and, and whenever there is a light shown on some corner that we have not explored to death, it is invigorating and exciting. It's that the is promise why. of the new. And promise it's of the new. Begin- I always love beginnings. Endings can be really muddy. I can think of a million different comics storylines that the, end- the beginnings are great and the endings not so much. Really? I can't. I've forgotten all of them. Well, I remember go. the ones with good endings. I've, forgot- I've forgotten so many because— but Do you know what else I love? Talking animals. I've always talking, loved talking animals. My favorite novel is Benicula. Country British, talking country British animals, my friend. I, and I have an affinity for that as well. You know, there's you know, there's Animal Farm. There's a great grand tradition of English talking animal stories. There's that. There's this. There's a. There's shades of uh, the Fantastic Mr. Fox yes, in here. That's what I thought immediately. I yeah. opened it up. I was like, oh. He picked it because they made a comic book of the fabulous <laughs> Mr. Fox. Or Fantastic? I never get that fantastic right. Fantastic Mr. Fox, yeah. All and Because right. uh, he's fantastic. He's George Clooney. Justin and uh, and the, the other thing it reminded me of is uh, I was a big fan of Brian Jakes' uh, Redwall books. And the language in there is very simply like cockney moles and stuff. And it'd be like, what the hell are they saying? And I figured it out. You'd speak it out phonetically and it kind of works. But the uh, the high concept of this is this is uh, Wind of the Willows meets... Uh, War of the Worlds. So you've got sort of this post-Victorian English town, and you've got a dog who is (laughs) is a a sea dog. Retired Navy. He was a retired naval man. He's seen some action in the foreign wars, as they say. 
And he shows up just in time for an alien invasion. And what I love about this debut is that, and I should, we should say this is uh, Dan Abnett and INJ Colbert, who also did The New Dead Guardians. And, uh, and Dan Abnett, of course, is responsible for everything you love this summer in Guardians of the Galaxy, pretty much. Uh, the tone. I believe least. there was another chap involved. There was there was a few other chaps involved, but yeah. Um, but anyways, um, what I loved about this is that we don't actually see the aliens make planet fall, and we don't see too much of them until late in the game. We see some poachers out at night. We've got a fox named Fox, and I guess like a stoat or a weasel named Bodie, and they're out poaching. So that's what they do. If you've seen the Fantastic Mr. Fox. And they see a falling star and this big explosion. And something bad happened to Bodhi. They blew him up. He got and fried. Like he the got fried. And, 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 and Fox is, uh, is out, of his, out of his mind. What happened? There's aliens. There's people coming from the sky. And meanwhile, we're having this, this nice little community meeting at the King's Arms with uh, some great names in this book. Gilbert Arendt, the solicitor, who's a rabbit, uh, who's got sort of the... Uh, um, the George Lucas neck, and uh, and Peter Mink's a journalist who is, I guess, a mink, and they come to greet uh, Clive Slipaway, the dog, who is, uh, who, as we said, is a, is a former uh, former sailor and he has a quiet has a dignity. Has a quiet dignity. He's seen, he's seen some things that have in the in during the war that have made him uh, very shy and not really keen on interacting. But he's not shy. He's taciturn. He's seen a lot of stuff happen. It's been very bad for him. This reminded me a little bit of um, Hot Fuzz. Yeah. In the in the in the town. The greater as, good. The ta- exactly the sort of, yeah. that sort of small town feel. Um, I loved this. I thought this was wonderful. Good. I didn't even this... need the I didn't even need the aliens. I would be fine to hang out in the town and go to go to council meetings. When I when I heard about this book and I, and I just heard the pitch and I I saw the covers and stuff and there's a uh, was it David Peterson who does Mouse Guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, he does a variant cover on this, and it's gorgeous. Uh, but when I, when I first, I was like, I really hope that that's my week because I would love to talk about that book. And it turns out, it's it was even better than I thought it would be. It's just it's so English. <laughs> it's so English. The characters are great, and the art from INJ Cub Cub Cubbard, Colbert, yeah, Colbert, uh, is is wonderful. There's so much expression in the, especially. Uh, Mr. Slipaway, there's so much sadness in the dog's face, and uh, you you almost don't need the dialogue to get what he's what he's feeling. Although I feel like he's using the wrong brush to paint that windowsill, but <laughs> yeah. it could be wrong. The uh, uh, yeah, he's, he's painting his his, his windowsill uh, blue, and then we see Fox with a giant brush with uh, with wet paint on his paws later on, and so there's this all kind of mystery going on, and I think it seems like everybody's a little bit suspicious. So I, I don't know. I just um, I love those little like. English town sort of dramas, like sort of like, I don't know, uh, well, it's more of a comedy, but like Vicar of Dibley. Like I grew up on that stuff because my dad was always watching that mm-hmm. and, and things like and it's, I guess that's Irish, but Monarch of the Glen. But I loved all those UK shows that were like, li- you know, little towns. And it was sort of like their version of, uh, of like Mayberry. Mm-hmm. And it's a very different tone, obviously. But I think there's something about a, a tight knit little community and, you know, a little bit of suspicion. You know, when you got aliens involved, you kind of think of... Uh, you know, the monsters are due on Maple Street and, and there's that paranoia and everything going on. And there's a there's a lot of melodrama in this that I like, too, like the depiction of the uh, the pigs. Uh, mm-hmm. So we see, we actually witness a little alien drone murdering 
uh, a pig lady <laughs> and she's sort of like, oh, shoot, get out of here. You know, like you're, you know, and not raising a ruckus. And it's, that's, that, I don't know, that's very melodramatic to me. Yeah. Just everybody, it, every, like just quaint, quiet, uh, well-mannered town. This is lower Crow Church. Is there an upper Crow Church? Is that where the, where the swells are? I should rather think. Josh, what did you think of the book? I liked it. I found it charming. Mm-hmm. I want to say I was a little bit bored. Okay. Um, Not enough uh, tigers I, eating I, cheeseburgers. No, I mean, it was, it was <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was definitely charming and it was quaint. I don't, I don't know. Just there. I mean, they, so, they do spend a lot of time in that, um, in that meeting. Yeah, this was King's great. Arms, meeting which was I, I liked it. I, yeah. and I, you know what it reminded me of? It literally what it reminded me of uh, was the old uh, Mr. Toad uh, animations, uh, the mm-hmm. Disney uh, w- uh, Wind in the Willows. Like Wind of the Willows. Wind yeah. the Willows. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reminded me exactly of that, and I love that. I love the, I love the um, sort of tone of it, and the and the fact that it's like half that English reserve, and then half just utter madcap craziness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it was it was a lot of meeting. Uh, it's I don't know. That was, a lot that of was assembling. There's a lot of assembling the players. Yeah. But when, but, uh, when I when I thought about, it, and there were some other really great contenders think, this week. But when I when I really got down to it, um, I I liked that idea that at the beginning we see them, you know, see in the distance this this alien crash, and then we don't exactly know what happens until the next day. And I like the restraint of that. Uh, okay, here here here's I think the the feeling that I had with it okay. is that I liked. I liked the I liked the setup. I liked the structure of it. I liked the characters. I liked the art a lot, and I liked the tone. I think we spent a little too much time uh, being clever with with the dialogue and fun. Like when you had to listen to that one, like just they're just talking to each other constantly. And I think I would like that, but I I got kind of impatient with it. Okay, uh, it's just a little you're a grump. Overpose. No, I, I can I can no I can definitely see it. You know. Uh, you know, your results may vary, but uh, I, yeah, I, I, I was really what's going by on it. here. This is like right up Josh's alley. I'm very scared. What did you? How about? Yeah, I'm okay. going to take the rest visually. Of the show what off did you think? think about this? I, no, I thought it was beautiful. I think I think uh, from a from a standpoint of of doing faces that are uh, first of all they're they're animals. Second of all, they're incredibly expressive and they're totally they're they're just British as hell. <laughs> yeah. uh, and I really like that. I mean, like tonally. It was it was both in the dialogue. I mean, I, it was a little. I don't know if it was cartoony, but it was very sort of the stereotypical idea of of what this little country town would have been, and and they're all in their tweed, and uh, but just sort of the, the the way you know you could immediately tell who the characters were by looking at their faces. You knew that that Fox was was the drunk, you know, not even from his dialogue. It's which is what Connor was saying. You knew, you know, you, you don't mess with a dog because his eyes are sad, and yeah. and but he's tall and sort of sturdy and not fat, and and uh, you know that kind of thing. I want to um, dress like I, Mr. Slipaway with the white undershirt and the suspenders. And the suspenders, yeah. I was like, I like Mr. Slipaway. I liked all, so I liked all of the elements of it, but uh, I, I, I think I would have given the execution, I guess, a little bit of a less, a little less of a grade. Uh, I think, I think our, obviously, it's all there. I think our, our British listeners are probably like rolling their eyes out of their heads, but like I, I don't know, I'm just they, a total uh, anglophile. They're used to that with me. Yeah, yeah no, I was, I but I'm a total like I just grew up watching a lot of those shows and and thinking that like wow, that's you know that it's. The tone is so different over there, and I really latched on to that, and, and I, lo- I love the dialogue in this. And the art, I want to throw this out. Do, do you th- it reminded me a bit of uh, Chris Somni, actually. 
just in the level mm-hmm. of the expression. Um, I think the I, line work is very similar. The line work. That is, that's high praise. Oh, yeah. It's and a really good looking book. The other yeah, thing no, that absolutely. made me I'm not, think I'm not that was uh, with Clive, with the dog. You never you never see his eyes, actually. You just see those, nope. you know, upturned U's, you know, because he's got the closed eyes. And But he's still super expressive uh, when, nice when he needs to be. So uh, just, the, just the gesture work. And then on the complete opposite side of the spectrum, you've got Fox, who's just like manic all the time. I love and, those eyes on him, though. Like how they were dark, you know, like they're like both upper and lower lids were just sort of, eh. it's Dudley more. I mean, that's kind of, <laughs> you get out of it. <laughs> what and you don't see eyes on anybody. The rabbit, whatever, you know, whatever, he's no eyes. You know, the, the, I guess once he sort of opens them when he's excited. But. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, but I, no, but I, uh, I love the, I love the way you dress these characters. The the setting is great. I, um, the colors is really nice in this book as well. And so this is part one of a uh, six part mini series. So people should definitely go out and uh, Boom Studios. Boom Studios. So well, speak, speaking of dogs, in Miss Marvel number eight, Miss <laughs> Marvel gets a new pet. And that's pet's name is Lockjaw. Lockjaw. This was great. This was they made, they made mention of that in Inhuman this week. Did they? <laughs> yes, they were like, "Wait, where's it? Where's Lockjaw?" And they said, "Oh, he's off with Ms. Marvel." Did they say not, exactly like yeah, that? Oh. More or less, <laughs> he's off with Ms. Marvel City. Eight. Um, yeah. Charles Soul just didn't even try on that one. He's like, "Whatever, I'm I'm big shit now." I what got you want? twelve books. This was uh, neck and neck. Honestly, this was great. This you was killing Wolverine. This was this was really really strong. Uh, the return of Adrian Alfona. Um, although the villain artist was also great, yeah, I can't think of the name at the moment. But um, but he was also good was, for that Wolverine oh. arc, a uh, little two parter. And but this was just wonderful as a dog lover, as a as a mecha lover, as a Ms. Marvel lover. Like everything you want in this. Movie. I was like, man, this is so good. And I think it was one of uh, Adrian Alfona's um, uh, most fun issues visually because there's this was like the most action packed mm-hmm. I think that he's done. Um, we started really getting into action in the last two issues, and that was the different artist. But now uh, Kamala goes in, and obviously uh, Lockjaw, who's just huge in this. Well, I like that she so, so Lockjaw shows up. She she decides she's going to keep him as her pet, and I like that the parents and her brother don't really question the giant one ton dog. They're just like, oh, even you know the like the dogs in in America are you know are, are bulldogs are and, very soothing. <laughs> very comforting just, i mean this isn't just beethoven i mean there's one point where he's like behind her he like materializes behind her in, in her yeah. room and his tongue is coming out it's like the sarlacc pit or like uh, it's just crazy but uh but i gotta tell you the whole time that you guys have ever talked about this book i was like you know you know it's fine i'm sure it's good or whatever the fact that that locked josh jaws in it the fact that he's in there that i like Lock i like josh. that 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 makes me want to want to look at it more. This is you should check the, you should check it out. I like the relationship with her friend who is. I'm looking at it right now. Very feels very sort of emasculated. He mentions that because you know his he doesn't get to do he's he's got to take the trash out at the convenience store. It's his job while she runs off being a superhero with a giant transporting dog. Uh, it's a good it's a good interesting relationship. Marcio Takara, I like him. And yeah. So 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 one of the things is. Uh, when this book started, I was like, okay, this is this is really fun. It's really good at the, you know, teenage superhero thing. How good is it going to be just in terms of a superhero story? You know, like, she's mm-hmm. really good at the slice of life, you know, teenager dealing with all of these pressures thing. 
but there's like a cool superhero story going on. We've got like I'm, this Thomas Edison clone that's part cockatiel. Yeah. I'm, because I'm sorry, like, I just looked at Captain Marvel. Like you can see why I'd get that mixed up. <laughs> they came out in the same week. Don't so. well, don't go for a miss with MISS Marvel either. That's a different one. And so yeah. is that actually a thing? No. Oh, that would be just poor marketing. So Mr. Marvel. So this, sorry, uh, so this, Marvel. this bird bad guy is powering mech suits like or robots uh, and, and even, even his uh, subterranean lair with mutants that can emit power. So he's using them as power cells, basically. And really creepy idea. And all of a sudden it pops up in this pretty funny, you know, cute story. And then there's this, this really sort of sinister underbelly to it. I think it. I don't know. It, it's firing on all cylinders. I like. It also, uh, the main character is really the closest thing you've got to Stephanie Brown right now in comics. Oh yeah, it's very charming in that same way that Stephanie was back in the old Batgirl run. Mm-hmm. So people who missed that story should definitely be checking it out because Kamala is a very similar kind of character. And just you know, and visually, it just looks n- like nothing else. Like the scene where they um, materialize. Um, I don't know where they end up, but she, uh, but she does her stretchy thing. And mm-hmm. she goes across the chasm, and the chasm, and they pull the camera way out, and uh, it's, it doesn't look like any other Marvel book. It's pretty great. Really impressed. I like that we get to say that about a lot of Marvel books. Yeah, it, it is. It is absolutely one hundred percent unlike anything else Marvel published. And, and yeah, I know that it there doesn't. are like a lot of diverse looking books, but like this one is like it does. The pinnacle it does. I, I don't. I, you know, like I haven't seen Adrian off on it. Like it doesn't look like a Marvel book mm-hmm. in general. Like if no, I would, it doesn't. At all, it's only like children's um, book, almost. and it does. It doesn't even. Yeah, yeah it, it looks like a children's. But it doesn't look like children's book Adrian or, Alfana, as I remember. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't look like Runaways. It's still so like, great, though. It's yeah. 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 Guys, I read uh, Stumptown number one, then the third volume of the Stumptown Greg Rucka PI series from Oni Press, and uh, Greg Rucka likes soccer. I think that's my <laughs> takeaway from from this. Yeah. I mean, I knew that from following him on Twitter, but uh, um. Yeah, he does like soccer, doesn't he? I, and I like soccer too. I'm not making. Fun I, I, there's, I'm not. I, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, however, yeah, if you take out the soccer from this book, are you left with much? No. Yes. No. I disagree. Okay. This is the cold open. Mm-hmm. I get that, but it's, it's the like... cold open of the mystery. It's it's you know it's it, it's the first act of murder she wrote, and we're setting up the scene, and I think he set up a bunch of the. You know the the you know the um the usual not the usual suspects but the unusual suspects, and there's a few little clues in there I think, as to what's happened. I don't know how much further it's going to escalate or if we're just going to be focused on this one attack of uh, Mercury. Um, but beyond just the mystery stuff, I really like the character work. Um, I liked the relationship between Dex and and Ansel. We've time jumped with that, right? He's much older now. Uh, relatively. I don't know about much I don't older, think but that well, much older. I mean, it's right. you know, it's a different artist, so it's you know a little bit different. Yeah, no, I was, yeah, I wasn't sure. But um, but no, I, I mean, yeah, I can see like, wow, this is a lot of soccer, and where is this going? But by the by the end of it, it was like, okay, I see what he's doing here. I mean, I, I trust his long form plotting, and I'm sure a lot of this will come into play later. It just it, you know, this is a problem with your 20 page story is that. Uh, you often get chapters where there's not a lot going on. Well, there well, is I mean, there like, is a lot of inside, you know, 
Portland yes. kind of stuff here. Yeah, yeah, there was. Do they really have that many organized chants at a soccer game in Portland? Yeah, they're especially Portland, especially. They're okay. all. You know, I'm not disagreeing. I was like, that's really. If you funny. think about it, where would they especially have? Where would they really get into the Britishness yeah. of it, Portland? Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, you I know, I like the characters, but I just I read it. I was like, uh, I was much more excited for this than I was after finished reading it. Yeah, I, I think I guess at the end, like um, the the reveal of. Um, is it Mercury you said his name yeah, was? Yeah, Mercury. Like, did we know him before? Or is he new? It's been a while, so. I don't remember. Yeah, I mean, well, that's the thing. Like, so what I'm saying is, so that, like, the thing is something happened to him at the end, and you, I don't know, like, it didn't feel like a payoff of anything that was earned. Yeah, so basically. I the so I didn't really know who he was, or I wasn't made to care who he was. Main character Dax nice. and her brother go to a soccer game in Portland, and their friend who's also there with them gets, is either dead or beaten up really badly at the end of it. And so, no, we don't know what happened. That's sort of the mystery. Um, but we got the different like scarves and everything, and then bumping into different people at different points, and so I'm kind of curious, like you know, moving forward, looking back, like, well, what was what was significant about that moment? So it doesn't seem significant now, but it could later. So I, I just kind of look at as look at it as a slow burn. Mm-hmm. Might be, could be. It wasn't bad. I just was. It was just a lot of soccer chance. It was. It was. It was. You know what it was? It was different. Yes. Than what we had previously gotten. Mm-hmm. And as such, uh, I, I don't know, maybe my expectations were, were not met, I guess. And, you know, I have, I have fairly high expectations for, for this. It's, it's, you know, probably, you know, if, if not my favorite sort of working comics writer, he's up there. And, mm-hmm. and, and, I, and I love this series. And, you know, I want to be blown away all the time. So uh, I was reading comics last night, finishing my stack. And I finished Velvet number seven, and I was like, well, fuck, because I was thinking ahead to the year end where we pick our top five books, and I'm like, how can Velvet not be in that top five? And how could that top five not be almost all image books at this point? It's quite good. It's really good. I think what happens with Velvet is it gets overshadowed because it doesn't come out monthly. Mm -hmm. It comes out whenever they're done, which I'm totally fine with, but... You do you do seem to forget that it's there because it doesn't come out all the, all the time like a lot of other books do. Uh, but the story right now, The Secret Lives of Deadman, this is part two of this arc uh, in which uh, Velvet, our main character, is trying to track down who the mole is and who got her husband killed and all kinds of things going on. It's just so good. Yeah, it really is. I, uh, I watched – I was watching Skyfall the other day mm-hmm. and it has – I don't know. It, like it has it. It just it feels like watching an old sort of British spy movie, like oh, very it? much so. Yeah. yeah, I mean it. I just was like because Skyfall sort of like they sort of they have a modern updating of that, whereas Velvet it, it just isn't. It's just it feels very period PC. Yeah, and it, it's great. sort of it's sort of timeless. I was reading it and I thought, you know, I wouldn't necessarily know that this was Ed Brubaker. In fact, it's really showing me a bit of range on him that. I don't know that he necessarily had. And I'm saying that's the person who really likes Ed Rubiger's work, but it really feels like a like a, a different kind of stretch. And and I like the world. I like getting into the thoughts of now. Now we're with another guy. You know, yes, we're, we're like, following the guy that's chasing her, and we really get to see how good she is through his eyes mm-hmm. as she as he's trying to find her, and so how much she was underestimated as just the money penny. You know, she was the assistant to the mm-hmm. to the director. And no one realized that she was a super spy in her younger days, and now she's out in the field again, and everyone's like, oh, well, fuck. She's really good, and we can't catch her. 
Yeah, I, I I really liked the reversal. I didn't I didn't feel let down by the fact that we weren't following the main character anymore. And I want to go back to her, but it was cool just to be like, here's what's happening over here, and you such an insight into their thought process and the things that are going on in a way that wasn't boring explication, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, exposition. And really great uh, art here. I mean, Steve Epting, the the way they have a really great chemistry, and uh, yeah, you could say. You know, he's uh, one thing Brubaker's got is a, is a stable of really fantastic artists to, to do his, to write, draw his stories. And they, <laughs> you're going to say bidding. Do his bidding. <laughs> um, but you can really tell that Epting's getting off on not doing a superhero story because this is some of his best work. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's just great, there's great panels. I love, I love the shot of the SAS guys coming out of the helicopter, which is from below as they come down towards you. And it's, He's a great guy for this because he does really ground level stuff really well, but also in a really exciting way. And you know the the hairstyles, the clothing, it all feels very authentic to the seventies. That where we are? Yeah, I yeah. feel like late sixties, seventies. It was like my favorite parts of Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy it was like, like just the periodness of it, and like mm-hmm. there was that like company party they had. That's a rough movie. I own it. I like parts of it. <laughs> I really wanted to like that movie. It needs, anyway, it needs I agree like with es- what Connor just said. It needs an espresso shot or something. It but, in my current in my current incarnation. Oh yeah. I don't quite have that in me. That's what I'll go with it. If that makes sense. That's so like I when don't. you said you wanted to watch the Robert Redford movie, Robert Redford versus the Ocean. It's like I loved movie. it. Oh, did you? Okay, good. I. Loved it. I was. I was like, it's great. I, I was like, I don't know. It was great. I was strangely riveted the whole time, Good. and I, like, it's incredibly it riveting. But for none of the reasons that we're used to being riveted, right? Right. And I was, I was, I, I, I anyway. No, I. Like, I, oh, I God, I, what now? Yeah, I just, I, I like the and the, the the catharsis of him just not saying a fucking word or getting <laughs> frustrated. Like within five minutes, I've been like, motherfucking shit. <laughs> Oh, and he finally, shaves. kind of like an hour and a half in, he kind of just goes. Ah. <laughs> he, he was really good. Where could they buy people buy that movie, Josh? If they were if they were so inclined to just buy it straight out, Best Buy. Wait, no, oh, I see. Sorry, no, I see what you were going for there. No, you can go to com slash Amazon and you can get into uh, our little portion of the Amazon store. And if you do that, what will happen is there will be a wee little cookie implanted uh, that will say to Amazon, "Hey." These guys sent us, so you have to send them a little bit of the money that I'm spending there, and that is a way for you to sort of do what you were going to do anyway and indirectly contribute to uh, operating expenses here at uh, ifanboy.com. Uh, we're all we're all going to get remote control helicopters, and then we're going to start to upgrade them, and it's it's not going to be cheap, and we need your help with that. Right. That's what I'm getting at. Mine um, flies on caviar. <laughs> that was not where I was going to go with that. <laughs> um uh, and then uh, you can also be a little more direct uh, and you can take the uh, the if you really like this thing and you want it to continue and you want to show your appreciation you can go to ifm.com slash registration you can directly contribute um, either $3 a month or $30 for a whole year which is sort of a bargain if you do the math on that uh, or you can just uh, pick a, a denomination of your choosing and, and donate uh, because this is an important show to you it's a part of your uh, it's part of your thing it's a part of your comic book life and that's uh that's part of what you do and who you are, and uh, we really appreciate people who do that. And uh, it's really neat that people do that, and we are always it amazed is. by it. And and I need to make my helicopter go higher. Well, it's not who they are; it's what they're about. 
Right, but that's not what they do. Right. I like the I idea mean, of there all. being like an actuary out there with a calculator and like 1471 seems about right. For Listening to the yeah, show is like, it's not like a platform. It's No, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Uh, what's the name of that movie, Josh, that people, you were just talking about? People want, might want to check it out? I literally was like it's called on a boat. Butch Cassius and that's kid. Which cast? Oh man! Dude, if we talk about that, love to. <laughs> Death of Wolverine number two. So after you guys praised it, all is lost. Is that what it's called? All is lost. All okay. is lost. Death of Wolverine number two. I read uh, one and two back to back this week after you guys praised it, and it, and you were right. It's it's lots of fun. It's it good. was. It's good times, and I like. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> and I like the shift <laughs> between one and two. It's you know two completely different settings. We're in Madripoor now, and you can sort of see what the the tenor of this is going to be. Uh, we're meeting all of the important people in Wolverine's life. So the cliffhanger at the end of the first one is not that Nuke is an important person in Wolverine's life, but at the end of that, we've got the tease of Viper and more importantly, Sabretooth. So those two play a prominent role over Madripoor in this one. Uh, and then uh, Kitty Pride shows up by the, and uh, Yuriko. So oh. it's all the greatest hits. Um oh. None of that matters. Yeah. None of that matters. The only, you know, the, the only, there's only one thing in this that mattered. I know that Connor, I can tell by the sound of your voice, you know exactly <laughs> what it is. Uh, and that's, that's, that's pages uh, four and five, um, where, where we go to the back of the bar where Wolverine is hairy with an untied uh, bow tie uh, in the Josh Lyman preferred style uh, with, two, with two buxom ladies um, with the glasses on. And right there, it's won me over. I was like, oh, that's the best drawing that Steve McNiven's ever done. <laughs> Is what that is. And if you go to the back, and this is the best, like, because these all have all the special edition director, blah, 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 in them. Mm. Uh, you can see the script page for that. And, and Charles Soule had, had indicated that he should have shaved his head. Yeah, they, they had, he had multiple looks. He had shaved head goatee. Yeah. He had yeah. different things. Well, um, the, the, oh, one that they picked was, the one that they picked was the right one. Yeah, it was. Because that was, a, that was one arresting image. I was like, well, that was great. Shaved head well, is very Max Payne So three. did, uh, did oh. Steve McNiven draw this you start drawing this four years ago? He did. I don't know, but that's yeah. <laughs> he did two he issues in a row. Have. Two months he can't have because I know that the script wasn't started that long ago. You're two weeks in a row. It. You're jinxing it. <laughs> Moving it's a, that's amazing. But so is, this, is this a weekly book? It is a it is a weekly well, book. There's only, there's only there's only four issues, so theoretically he could have drawn the four issues over you know eight months or something like that. And yeah, that's about right. And no, no disrespect to Steve McNiven. He's great, but he, you know, he's not had the most no. timely reputation in the past. That's all. I'm well, saying. four issues is realistic. And if they're going to bomb him out like this, that's, I don't know. It's good. It's good. Steve McNiven. Yeah. It's very good. Steve. McNiven. And speaking of, and speaking, I, speaking of skyfall, uh, you know, you got the, you get the main character at, you know, the bottom of the barrel and you got and, and he has to go home alone in skyfall here. He has to use an Iron Man helmet. As a weapon, which I, that was I thought was a great idea. It was like such a good that, use of the the mythos and and all of the elements you have in the wide Marvel universe. So, does the helmet have its own power source? Apparently, don't I worry. I was about confused it. about how that worked. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Speaking that's of a, that's a don't worry about speaking it. Speaking of books that come out when they're ready, MPH number three. I couldn't even remember Oof. when number two came yeah, out. I actually kind of forgot about number two, but uh, this continues. I think Good Miller. But a little bit, we're hanging out with jerks, and you're like, "Oh, there's going to be a schism, and the guys going to they're going to fight and whatever," because the two people don't know how to control themselves. And then you got to the end, and I was like, "Well, all right, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> I didn't see it coming either." <laughs> so this, if you recall, this is the story of a bunch of uh, criminals, or one criminal and his friends from Detroit, who found some 
uh, MPH pills, which make you go really, really, really fast. And they, they've been taking revenge on those who they blame on the downfall of Detroit bankers and such and the government. Um, but in this issue, his friend who goes to the White House to find evidence of their malfeasance suddenly loses his speed power because he mixed it with cocaine, he thinks. And then uh, takes a lot of pills to get out of the situation and ends up time traveling back in time. <laughs> and that was awesome. <laughs> it really was. This book's really good. Yeah, it was it was inventive. Um, yeah, and I just was the the end was unexpected. And to see sort of Perito switched gears and draw, I was like, wait, that police officer doesn't look normal. He has an awesome oh, mustache. Awesome. Um, yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. It was an old timey mustache. Fair enough. Hey, uh, you know how every once in a while they do one of those Deadpool issues where it's uh, uh, not now. It's, yeah. It takes place in a different yeah. era and then in the style of said era um, by um, – oh, what's his name? I'm, I'm opening it, but I can't, I can't get Keith to it. Uh, no, no. Uh, Scott oh, Copelish. Scott Copelish, yeah. Who can do anything? Yep. Well, this was the Liefeld era one. <laughs> um, well, wait, wasn't this the one where they – did I read about one where they actually use the Liefeld page? Oh, did they? I could see why. I mean, was Cable in this issue? Uh, no, uh, no, that no. Alpha Flight. Book. That must have been a different book. Yeah, Alpha Flight. Although, it, like, it's it's a pretty spot on uh, Liefeld, but with like pretty good anatomy and storytelling. <laughs> Just big. Have we learned our lesson? Nah, no, it's fine. The collar on Iron Fist is magnificent. It's like it's like three feet taller than than him. So it's pretty great. But it was, it's fun. And salt are, over your shoulder. These are fun issues. I kind of forget to read Deadpool every once in a while. And then when I come back, I kind of, um, I don't get lost. I know where I am. Like, there's a big through line that's been going on for this whole thing. Uh, it's just, it's just fun. It's good. It's the been, throwbacks it's been, are great. Throwbacks are my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't, I saw what it was and I was like, well, all right. And I don't really like this era. So it, it didn't hold as much appeal to me. But watch, like, watch, even, like, he even did, like, layouts from the time. And cool. so it was very, uh, it was cool. It was very inside baseball. But yeah. That's good. Totally. Remember Let's earlier when I, when I yelled about the whole fuck thing about uh, Velvet? Mm-hmm. That was because I had just read Lazarus. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, of course, Lazarus is also going to be in the top five. Because Lazarus number 11 came out, and this is the first issue of the Conclave, in which the families are going to meet up for the first time since uh, the war, mm-hmm. or they, since they took, divided the world up. And uh, this continues to be awesome. The one, the thing that was really great about this was it was the first time where uh, you, 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 forever, you see her in a different environment, talking to someone she kind of trusts, mm-hmm. and and you can see that she's starting to work things out and break out of her programming, and you just had this feeling like, oh, you're screwed. <laughs> this, is, this isn't going to end well. You shouldn't trust any of these people, you know. And she's innocent but super powerful, and and uh, I, 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 I loved this issue. I liked Again. the other Lazarus who was kind of like a knight. Mm-hmm. Felt very Game of Thronesy. Yeah, she yeah. stalked up to the thing and helped drew her sword and was like, "I'm the other, you know." Yeah, here, here's my message. It was very, very cool. The world building continues to be awesome. The uh, letters column continues to be great, including the letter with the yeah. greatest backhanded compliment of all. Where he's very loved issue ten because the first issue, nine issues were so boring. Um, <laughs> that's that's comic books right there. <laughs> but, <laughs> that's I mean, isn't that isn't that the fandom that we've come to know and love? Right. So. Uh, Lazarus continues wonderful world building. Where issue eleven? Eleven. That's it. I can't. I can't imagine. It feels can't so dense for only yeah. eleven issues. Apparently, there's a big part yeah. coming out in November, which will include all of the back matter and all of the uh, world building, including a map of the world, 
that shows you mm -hmm. where the territories are, which I'm looking forward to uh, very much. And this this week in under Avengers Undercover Ten, this was the final issue of the of the yeah, saga, yeah. beginning with Avengers Arena into Avengers Undercover, and we had wrapped up the story of the young teen heroes who had infiltrated uh, the Brotherhood of Evil. Yes, uh, so more or less. With Baron Zemo, and this this was where it all wrapped up. And I liked that they all got to, well, not all the ones who, who who were really good the whole time, got to have a little moment with of leisure in the lake with the, with yeah. the, the you know the water and and Cammy got her big hero moment. The only thing I had, the only problem, I love this. I love those series just like I did the one that came before it. It was totally cool. And you have uh, um, Arcade got the same comeuppance as lots of hug and bear <laughs> in uh, Toy Story three, which was nice. Um, <laughs> In case you didn't put that together out there, uh, there was one bit. There was one bit uh, where Zemo just went on a Star Wars reference rampage, and I thought, I don't think Zemo says that. <laughs> Is this a, like a third Zemo? <laughs> well, look, just because you're from the World War II era doesn't mean you can't love Star Wars. No, he's well. Remember, there was Baron Zemo, and then there was the younger yeah, Zemo, yeah. who was yes. the one who did Thunderbolts. And I assume this is that one. Do evil people not love Star Wars? I don't feel like you're going to talk like Kevin Smith. That oh. first appearance of the uh, of uh, Zemo Jr. I have on vinyl. <laughs> what? <laughs> There's a record where they like did a dramatization of it. It was that on one side, and on the other side, it was like um, Spider Man versus uh, Wolfman. Huh. I it's a oh, record. I'm stunned. Yeah, you you, you shocked him into. I didn't. I didn't mention Copperhead, and I wanted to, so I'm not. I'm not going <laughs> to add more. But uh, read Copperhead one, and then maybe we'll talk about number two next time. But it was a space western kind of thing. All right. So those are the books we're going to talk about this week. Go to fanboy.com, and you can find the post for this show. You can talk about these books, other books that came out. Uh, how wonderful uh, Wild's End was. It really was wonderful, despite Josh's hating it. It's not what I said, mate. Saying it's the worst thing you read this don't week. Don't mince my fucking words. Or you can also talk about, uh, what was the movie called again? All, All is lost? lost. All is Lost. I saw it in the theaters. I should remember the name of it. If because the, you know what? The title's weird. Well, that's what the All is title. Lost is what the, is, isn't it? The nautical one, one? Did you see that with Robert Redford? Was that it? Or? No, Robert, I, Robert? Saw, I saw Robert Redford speak. Um, and then a month later, I went and saw All's Lost in the theater, and I was one of three people in the theater. Yeah, that seems about right. The thing about Robert Redford is he went from being like like vital and handsome to just looking old in like one beat. Like well, he just crested a hill, and he just he looks spends like he's a lot of time in Utah in the like, sun, and his skin is now partially leather. Yeah, like he also I mean, like, looked like, good for a really long time, though. Like longer oh, than you're supposed listen, to. Listen, I, if you want me to talk about how handsome Robert Redford was for most of most of his movie career, I can do that. But he he like like he got, like he got the, he has old man body now. Like he well, just he's, like he's almost eighty. I know, I know. There's he nothing wrong with remarkably that. He was well. fighting a whole ocean. Why was he out there? He was who sailing. would do that? I don't want to do. All no I part of me wants to do no that. Good ever comes to getting on a boat and going into the water. It's you're not wrong about that. What you've got no recourse out there. Lou Gale, tummy cock. So let's <laughs> answer a couple of emails they've been building up. The first is from Blake. Blake says after listening to episode four fifty and hearing how writing the pick of the week post made you learn more about the craft of comics, I've got an art appreciation question for you. How did you learn to appreciate the work of the penciler, 
inker, and colorist individually. I've read comics for a long time, but still struggle to appreciate each artist's input on its own merit. I know when something isn't working, I just have trouble recognizing exceptional work. How did you learn to appreciate these things? It's a good question, and I think it's difficult to answer. I don't think you can always do it. I think it helps to be familiar with people so that you can see, like if you're familiar with a penciler and, and all of a sudden something looks really different, then you can look and see if they're inking themselves or somebody else is inking well, them. Look, look or, at those issues where there's like 15 inks <laughs> on the Jim Lee book, right? Yeah. Or Doug Mon- Monkey has it happened to him a lot. I still and and what, what happens then is that it's not necessarily bad. It's just that it's so different from page to page that it feels bad. And you can see, well, well, well you can inconsistency do is, is bad. Yeah, what you can do is yes. really see how a different inker changes the work. Some By either doing too much or not enough. Or, some inkers or, really impose their own style on mm-hmm. the art, and you can see how yeah. that f- affects the pencil. It, what, what it comes down it, to, I think, is, is exposure to lots of material. Because mm-hmm. if you see an, you know, an artist's work enough and suddenly it doesn't look like it normally does, you can look and say, oh, the inker's different. And then you see, oh, well, that's how the inker changed it. Or you... Well, you know, a good ex- like th- that works both ways, though. Because so, if, if, if Bill Sienkiewicz inks something... I I'm not saying it's follow. bad. I'm just saying, but you yeah, no, I know. see how how it changes things. How see, that, like a good example of that is like uh, this is a this is a, spe- a specific example. But a long time ago, Sinkevich did a bunch of issues of uh, Green Arrow that Mike Norton had drawn, and is the best thing that Mike Norton has ever drawn because it came in and added Sinkevich. And like that's a, he's also Sinkevich is actually a really good example of like a guy who, when I was young and I first saw it, I didn't get any. I didn't get that at all. Oh, when I was a kid, that wasn't the style I wanted. To I hate it. And and now I, I can't get enough of it. I think it's it's so gorgeous. And it it unfortunately is a very intangible thing. Like it's like once you hear it, once it pops, you know that that sound. Well, it's the same thing for the look. Like once you see it, like you you can't unsee it. For most part, though, with me, over time, I have gotten much more. The thing that I've liked much more is simplicity. Like the more that they can not do, the more that they can accomplish with with as little as possible. And I think the best place that we can see this is not only in sort of cartoony kind of stuff that's been going, but really in colorists. Look at that we, segue. Yeah. That was a masterful Co- job. Thank you. Colorists have over the last, you know, 10 years since digital coloring really became the main thing, they've learned to scale way the hell back. We had a really dark period where everything was really over-rendered in those mm-hmm. Photoshop effects. You had a Look lot. Look what of, we can do! It's right, like, great. Don't do that. Yeah, scale it all back. It, um, and coloring. Yeah. In, in, in this question, coloring is obviously the easiest one to pick out because coloring is so it's so vital to you know it's it's there in the page. Whereas inking, you really have to know what you're looking for. And, and inking also just did quite literally bleeds into uh, the penciling. You know, so like sometimes you can't tell well, the, the difference between the two. The thing about if you the don't penciling. have the trained eye. The thing is this. Here's their responsibilities. The penciler's responsibility, first and foremost, before anything, is going to be the storytelling. It's going to be right. telling what's going on clearly. After that, become, you know, is, is anatomy, is uh, rendering, is, is uh, dis, you know, acting, is description, you know, all that stuff. But storytelling comes first. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it's the inker's job to support that, basically. But it's also to, every team is different. Some, yes, some, you know, yes. Some... Some a penciler might pencil pencil more loosely, more like breakdowns. The inker will come in and sh- put shape to it. Other w- pencils will be really tight, and, and and then the inker has you know less input. And it really depends on a lot of things. U- ultimately, though, Kevin Smith was right. An inker is just a tracer. No, whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa! <laughs> Don't. Well, no, I was gonna say he's kidding. I was gonna say a really good example of that. It, it, it's also it's really sometimes interesting to look at how some artists who ink themselves work. 
Mm-hmm. Um, a guy like like Gabe Hardman, who I think whose work we all really like, and he's a, he's an artist. Like you know, like he he's he's like he, first and foremost, it's not necessarily just he comic draws book naked artists, people. Artist. Exactly, he does figure drawing. Too. They go out. He enjoys it. Like at cons lately, he's been like, I want to draw. Like, I want to draw portraits of people instead of Batman over and over. Those are my and favorite tweets, by Batman. the way. When he says, I'm yeah. drawing someone named Trichia today or something. Um, but he does, like when he draws, his pencils are super loose, you know, and he'll go in later with, and then the inks will be what does it. You know, other people will draw incredibly tight pencils. A guy like Ryan Stegman, he does super tight pencils, you know, and, and like there was even a movement for a little while where they didn't even use inkers anymore. They just came in with colors. You know, and some guys you can do that with, some guys you can't. I, I find that really interesting. A guy like... um Somni, who we mentioned earlier, like he, when he inks his stuff, he does it reverse. Like he he adds the he he, he, he draws, draws he draws in, the negative space in, right. He draws in light first, which is usually people are outlining the light and doing everything, which I find fascinating. Um, the thing that you know, at the end of the day, it's not objective. It's it's completely subjective, and it, it, it's one of those stupid like I don't know what art is, but I know when I see it. I don't you know. I know what really, I like. The, the, the question comes back to how did we do it? And it really was just years and years of exposure to what we And having to at. talk about it. And, yeah. when you but find also, out, and when you find out that artists are reading what you're writing and, yeah. you know, you don't want to, you know, you want to give them their due. But it really isn't so much even all that as it is, right. is having to analyze. You know, it's not just when you're just reading it to enjoy the story and, and follow the characters, it's one thing, but when you're reading it, you have to talk about it and, and write to say about why it. you like something and do well, all that's that. It. Like at the end of it, it's very easy for most people to go, I like that. Mm-hmm. But why? But then we have to take it one thing and go, why did I like, it? or why did I not like it? Or, or, or the reverse, why didn't this work? And then you look, Oh, this is an issue of justice league with five anchors. And I see why the art was so inconsistent because it was yeah. the different styles. And that's where you start to look at, well, what is the effect the anchor has? And, and why does that work and not work? And, and it starts that, as a reverse engineering thing, and then it becomes something that you start noticing. Yeah, you know, going in Man, because you know that I, you're going to be ri- you're going to be writing about. I, it, or possibly I know writing. I wasn't I know I wasn't here for it, but there was one specific page in that last All Star Western. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the one where because uh, it was this was Dave Stewart of all people with Darwin Cook, which is that's that's as good as things get. That's New Frontier. That's right. among the best things that have ever been done uh, in you know in the modern age. And uh, there's a pa- there's the page where Somebody comes in to tell the deputies that something's going on, and then there's a flash mm-hmm. of light from the oh, dynamite yeah, yeah. going off. Yep. And I was just like, that is, that's, that's comic book storytelling at its finest. And, you know, five, eight years ago, no, probably, probably more than five, maybe five. Maybe I wouldn't have noticed that the same way. But, like, things like that stand out to me like a beacon in the night. And it's like, look, look what they've done. The cliche it, because it's score, simple. right? Like, you, you know, you're not, you shouldn't really notice it. Mm-hmm. You know, but um, and and it, also, I think it's important to note that this you don't have to enjoy your comics or read your comics this way. There's nothing wrong. With, there's I, nothing I, wrong at all with reading. Probably them and, shouldn't. Yeah, you probably shouldn't, if, unless you have to do fill some time on it. But show. if if you want to, and if you and if you want to write critically about the stuff, I think it is it, it is important to try and be articulate about you know the art and not just save it for a paragraph at the end. You know, well, of your review. Hey, um, hey, 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 oh, oh, oh that's not, paragraph three. Always has been, always been. <laughs> I'm not saying that about you guys. I'm saying I think I think everybody's guilty of that some of the time. I, I gotta say though, like, I, learning more about comics, how they're made, what's really good about them, it has made me overall enjoy them a lot more. Mm-hmm. Although it's it made me, you know, I, I'm picky. I've always been picky, you know. But uh, you know, it's it's really neat. I really like that. One more trick. Mm-hmm. When you finish the comic, take your time with it. Don't you know flip through it in like three minutes. Read slowly, carefully. Eat the comic book. 
Like it's absorb, eat it. absorb its absorb essence. Absorb its yeah. essence. And kind of hold it for a while. Don't go right away when you have to. Don't let go. it let it hang out in there and ferment. My trick is I stopped reading them in 2009. <laughs> I can't it's I read them digitally. I don't even see how that's possible. <laughs> yeah. Is, Josh is gonna go broke going through iPads and that with that that trick you just let, said. It would literally take about two weeks. Luckily, you got one of those new iPads. If I had to eat my first gen iPad with the generator, the generator attached to it, of the iPad and the exhaust pipe, <laughs> yeah, the exhaust pipe not clean. Well, the, for one thing, those uh, those tracks that it gets around on, they're heavy. <laughs> those are solid steel, and it's got the pump like you know the old timey uh, rail cars that you had to pump up and down to move to get yeah. you know to, to make. Uh, it's Robert Fulton get... built that thing to last. I don't, I don't even know how you get past the razor wire. <laughs> I'm just saying, it doesn't seem like a, a good time, a good meal, Paul. That's all I'm saying. Let's do another quick one uh, while we still have some time. Uh, Jeff writes and says, is there a particular issue or comic book run slash series that is widely dismissed slash disregarded slash outright disliked but which you have a personal affection for? I got an easy one right off the bat. Okay. That, that we all at the site, me and Josh and Ron, Liked and got so much crap for that was super fun. Was the Red Hulk Jeff Loeb's, Jeff Loeb's Red Hulk run, hmm. which we all enjoyed. It was a it was a book of the month, and that never became not entertaining. Whenever we would praise it, people would lose their minds. <laughs> it was good. It was super fun. It was. I agree. I don't care what happened to the mustache. I do care, and that's what made it fun. Yeah. I was totally fine with that. I agree. That's a good answer. That's a very good answer. I didn't know if I had one. I was like, I don't know what you're talking about. Everything I like is wonderful. <laughs> Paul? I liked, um, I know Brian Wood's uh, Conan. Um, mm. I know there were there was enough people who really liked it, but I remember that that got a lot of flack because they weren't drawing Conan. So, you know, mostly that was uh, Becky Cloonan most of the time. Um, and they well, also got... Brian Woods uh, Northlanders in the beginning got Northlanders is an excellent is an excellent one. I I found myself missing like that the other day. In the beginning, it was you got a lot of flack because he wrote it in a modern oh, way. Oh yeah, 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 okay. And also, just like I mean, if it's widely dismissed and disregarded, like there's there's plenty of books that people don't really talk about that weren't. I mean, I mean, honestly, scalped. If you look at the numbers that it was doing compared to what you know kind of things he does now, or or Hellblazer or stuff like that, like those were dismissed. You know, like Hellblazer was selling under yeah, 6,000 copies think, a month. I think disregard throws this whole question off because dismissed yeah. and outright disliked is one thing. Disregarded is a lot of the books we talk about. Yes, yes. You know, Wild's, yeah. End, Wild's End isn't going to sell, you know, burn up the charts. Neither is but, uh, Stumptown or Miss Marvel. Well, at the, and at the same time, uh, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. There's a, bunch, there's a bunch like that. So things that are disliked that, that, that we liked, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that there's a lot of – well – Oh, I had it, and it's gone now. Um, all right, move on. Sorry. Well, we have a few more minutes. We could talk about the book we skipped in the in the script. How about that? Copperhead, Astro City, fifteen oh. <laughs> uh, was in the script, and we got got skipped. So we have some a few minutes. Um, I really like this two part little story. I was super impressed by the fact that uh, who he, who he made his his protagonist in this 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 nice lady, and and like you thought there was one thing about her, and then they went back and they showed her. You know her her Reed Richards Victor Von Doom sort of uh, history, 
And she um, was uh, like lobotomized by Duke. Yeah. That's unfortunate. And and then, you know, it was all in there. I really like the way that she treated her nephew. Mm-hmm. You're just dumb. <laughs> your fault. It's fine. Yeah, it was a really nice arc. The old lady with the robot museum whose nephew took advantage of her and used her robots for crime, and then she got framed for it. And it was, it was really such. She was the greatest robot scientist of all time, right? And could actually talk to the robots. I thought it was fun. I think I think this this book continues to be really great resurgence for the book that, for a while, with all those minis, wasn't all that compelling. I think it's it's really fascinating that it has come back on Vertigo which is weird the more that I think about it. And it's absolutely the same, but not in a bad way. Right. It's one, it, like it completely flies in the face if you can't go home again. Totally. If you were to tell me that, when did the first one come out? 92, 3, 1, something like that? Around, way back then, yeah. I mean, so we're talking 20 plus years ago. And like he's come back. To, he's like, well, I want to keep it. Like he came back and it's got, it's got all the verve that it ever had. And the charm. Yes, and, and, and it's, it really is timeless. Ooh, Paul, that's, that's a good one for you, Paul. You don't like this book. What's that? <laughs> you don't, you're not overly <laughs> happy with this book. That would, that would be a good answer for the last email. Uh, no, because what? The last time we talked about it, you, 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 weren't too, you weren't overly happy with it. But, but the question was what stuff that people don't like and you do like. Oh, right. Well, that's the opposite. Right. <laughs> well, it works. We like a thing that Paul doesn't like. But I feel like I'm in the minority on that, so... Right. That's opposite. Like even Never if you funny. just look at, you know, us three. There's two of you and one of me. Okay. So Astro City uh it's, it's not wrong. Fifteen. I, wait, hold on, me, I just checked the math doesn't work on that. There are two of us and one of Paul. Uh Astro City fifteen was really, really good again. What we, what we did there was fail to come up with an enticing hypothesis uh, and connect it to the earlier conversation. Yeah, it didn't work out so well. What do we, you do? We used to be good at this. Sometimes it doesn't uh, work. And you just push it aside and there's another show next week. You, you got to stay in the game. What movies has Paul been watching from the 80s lately? Anything? We had to come up with this next assignment. I thought it was way. Beverly Hills Cop. We did that. Oh, I didn't That's watch right. it yet. Obviously. You could do... You could do um, it's coming to America in the 80s or the 90s? I've seen that. 88, 89. That's, a, that, that's, that's the border. You could go for that. That's fine. I've seen it. So, how do you feel about it? It's good. Let's get into it. <laughs> I just, it's like he's not trying. Send back. I, I gotta say, I'm, I'm having some concerns about this new job of yours. I feel like it's taking away from your energy and verve. It's, you know, what's actually really particularly disturbing me is the segment Paul does movies from the 80s. <laughs> that's awesome. I just, comics? I, yeah, I just, I just feel like that's a little. That's a little bit taking from what we do here. Email or contact at ifanboy.com. Call our voice from the line at 888-FANBOYS-326-2697. We haven't had a show completely fall off track. I'm not d- just on the honestly, track. I'm just thinking about editing this episode. because I The format of this show is just completely gone, blown to smithereens uh, or just com- gone. I don't know what happened. I blame myself. That, the thing is, for you, that's very discomforting. No, I don't really care. I just feel okay, like I know. Right You've out. grown. But it's also, I feel like... I. I'm preemptively pointing it out so people won't say what happened in the show. I, if I point I, out the show, blew up. Here's the thing. I typically find that when it does fall apart at the end, people seem to enjoy it. But I think that we cover ourselves by saying, listen, we know that it fell apart. Also, important to note, not on purpose. We don't, no. plan, we don't plan these things. Yeah, we do. Paul. Empire Strikes Back is a, that's a good 80s movie. What people don't know is word for word, all this is written out beforehand. 
Paul, do you want to tell people about the show that's coming up? Yeah, we did a special edition show on uh, on the Gotham pilot. We will not be talking about every episode of Gotham, but we thought it'd be fun to talk about this one. And maybe we'll check back in on it later, but that was uh, Connor and, and yours mostly truly. Uh, It'll be coming out in two weeks. It'll We'll put it out the day that Gotham premieres on the 22nd, I believe. I believe that's what the date is. Sounds right. Donal Logue. How, how is Lieutenant Eckhart in that? He thinks about the future. About the future, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> that's the sound he makes when they shoot him. <laughs> so look for that watched, one. <laughs> I just watched. No, no, hold on. I just watched Good Morning Vietnam because I'd never seen it before. What? And Whoa! I'd seen that. That's a good one. I don't like Robin Williams. Wow. I never have. So and 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 go big surprise. The movie's a lot of Robin Williams. Anyway, the point is, uh, is that Robert Wool is in it, yes. and he has a ridiculous laugh, he does. <laughs> which is the sound that Lieutenant Mayacard makes when he's shot. All right, so Gotham's the show about Gotham's coming up in two weeks. Then uh, that'll be Forrest followed. Whitaker is excellent in it because I'm only thinking about him uh, from the Shield these days when he offers people gum and it's supposed to freak them out, he which I still do to my wife. In uh, Last King of Scotland, he's good. Yeah, well, Edie, I mean, look for that uh, in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, head over to ifanboy.com. We can come on this show, the books of the week that we talked about, other things, movies, uh, the the this, the format of the show. Uh, next week's Gotham show, you'll find that there. Everything's happening at ifanboy.com. You can follow iFanboy if you want at <laughs> twitter.com slash iFanboy, <laughs> facebook.com slash iFanboy. Okay, this is bullshit what's coming up here. You, you can follow bullshit. us all individually at C.S. Kilpatrick, Fuzzy Typewriter, and Jeff Kanata. I am man. <laughs> if you hadn't said anything, I would have I put your name in. Finally, if you had to say something. Dig us, write us a review in iTunes, or better yet, tell your friends about us. Introduce your mom to podcasts. Yeah. Spread the iFanboy love. I feel yeah. uncomfortable. Do it. It's a weird Michael J. Fox. <laughs> <laughs> I was finally able to tap into my, my Matthew McConaughey when I was able to say the name of the director who won the Emmy, Kara Fukugawa. And I was like, oh, I got it. I've got it now. If I have to center myself, I just say, Kara Fukugawa. All right. Did you? I think uh, it's Fukunaga, like, I believe. You missed handsome Kerry Fukugawa. That's what you should have said. He was. You, I, I said that to my wife. I go, he's really handsome, isn't he? She's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I looked him up. Oh, he's he's made of a mixture of all these beautiful people. Look at him. Yeah, he's like a petri dish person. He's 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 a very handsome man. I've, and I've Nick no, Pizzolatto also kind of handsome. Is he? Yeah. He does he's, his after, a, after the credits things. It's a different handsome than Daniel Craig, though. It's not the same. Well, Daniel Craig's more of a rugged, you know, he's going to like throw you over his shoulder and take you to bed kind of handsome. <laughs> you know, just that's just off the top of my head. <laughs> I'm just picturing it. Just give, me, sh- give me a minute with that. I'm just, with, yeah, do it with Connor. Because like, you're oh, so... Oh, oh, okay. All right, no, I got this. He's like, carry me. Because I feel like... He has a you, long torso, so... I know, I feel like I was... <laughs> it's true. Fold over and hit the ground, maybe in that scenario. But uh, actor Daniel Craig injured as the movie stops. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Until next week, I'm Connor. <laughs> write, a, write a review on iTunes of that. Come on. You're wearing a Daniel Craig T-shirt while he's carrying you over your shoulder. I don't know why. I'm Paul. Eat popcorn. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm uh, panels.net. Um, oh, Paul Montgomery. Thank you. Present. I'm Kara Fukunaga. 
Are you? Because you, you are. I you wish. Idea. Get over here. <laughs> he's not going to carry you to the bed, though. No. He's going he's gonna to look at you from the doorway. And he's he's going to watch you go and do a tracking shot all the way through the house. He, and, he's gonna, I, and you're going to jump in bed all on your own. I'll tell you what you don't need. What he doesn't need. He doesn't need Daniel Craig's jeans. <laughs> he, just, he, just, he can wear whatever he Is wants. He, jeans with a G he was dressed a like he was dressed like a moron, and it didn't matter. <laughs> and the hair, not good hair, but didn't nope, matter. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. What's we're gonna do to a us? show about handsome men now? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm sorry, Paul. <laughs> Why? Because he's got to edit this nonsense. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs>